Well, good morning, Broadway Baptist Church. I'm delighted to share with you this morning. It's it's going to be a beautiful day inside, a little bit cloudy outside, but we're we're glad that you're here today. There's several announcements in the bulletin you need to be aware of, and Pastor will probably mention two or three of them at the end. But just be aware that they're all important. How's that? Now then, if you're a guest today, we are delighted to have you as a guest. You'll find in your bulletin a perforated edge where you can fill some information out. And then uh, at the end of the service, when we have the offering, which is at the doors as we exit today, uh, please put these perforated things in the offering plate. Also, church members we do, uh, and guests alike, there's a place there for prayer needs. If you want to share a prayer request, our church staff under our pastor's leadership We pray every Tuesday morning during our staff meeting for the shared needs that you have. So uh, if you share with us, we pray for you and the need that you share with us. This is Sunday number two, and I'm so delighted that uh, you're here this morning. We're going to have a a wonderful time of worship, beginning with prayer. And I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would, and bow your heads, and we will pray together. not into temptation, but deliver us from
some wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder thy power throughout the displayed then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art, and when I think that God his Son not sparing sent him to die. I scarce can take it in that on that cross my burdens gladly bearing 
Survey the Wondrous Cross. This is a new tune to this song. It's been out for several years, but let's sing it together. When I survey the Wondrous
Thank you, choir. Thank you so much, David Dell, for that. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn in your Bibles to the book of First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 4. Then we're also going to look here in our Bibles at Exodus chapter 33. So we're going to look at two different places in our scriptures this morning. We are in a sermon, um, summer sermon series called Summer Jump. It was inspired by Brother Hurd with his ideas there of uh, jumping into summer instead of slumping into summer. It's a time of jump. Today we are going to jump into prayer. So we're going to look at a famous prayer in the Bible that only has two verses. That are all that's mentioned about Jabez. And it's called the Prayer of Jabez. You also, in your bulletin, you want to pull out your bulletin insert right here so you can follow along. And we're also going to see some other uh, prayers in the scripture for sure that, uh, that we as believers can be praying. <clears throat> I, um, we watch Disney movies, but I don't watch them. Um, I guess I watch them, but years ago there was this i think it was 1992 there was this movie called aladdin it came out and what it's about it was a start out as a cartoon well they just had a remake of it you know something successful what disney does they wait 20 years and they redo it and make it make more money off of it. same old theme but with new characters aladdin is this story about a magic lamp just like this one right here that came from the disney store what it what you do is uh this young man finds a magic lamp and you rub the lamp and a genie comes out. The genie comes out and if you're lucky and you found the lamp, you get three wishes. But there's some rules with the wishes. You cannot wish that um, you, someone would fall in love with you. And you cannot wish that someone be raised from the dead. Now, Jesus raised folks from the dead. I don't know if the Lord can make people fall in love with you. But anyway, <clears throat> those, are, those are the two rules, I guess, of the magic lamp. And I think what, the reason I share this is because when we look here at prayer, I think sometimes if we're not careful, there's two extremes of prayer we can find ourselves. One, we can find God as a genie in one of these magic lamps that here he is, he's just here to grant me my wishes of whatever I want. And you can, you, can, you can hear that sometimes when people pray, when it's just a laundry list of what folks, it might be in your prayer list of what you want. The other extreme and the other danger of prayer is you can, if you're not careful, you can view God as he's keeping you from things. This is what happened in the original sin there in the Garden of Eden. The, the serpent comes up to Eve. Did God really say you can't eat of that fruit? As if God is withholding a blessing from you and this evil God is out there and we have to pray through a breakthrough to get through with that. So there's these two extremes of pr our prayer life. One is God's just here to bless us. The other is we need to pray to get a breakthrough because God is keeping something from us. Neither of those is the biblical view of prayer, but we are going to see here in the scriptures a man named Jabez who prayed a one-verse prayer, a one-sentence prayer, and God answered that prayer. So I want you to turn in your Bibles here. 1 Chronicles chapter 4. 1 Chronicles chapter 4 in the Old Testament. What's interesting about the book of 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles, the first nine chapters, is one of these books that will put you to sleep. It's a genealogy. It gives the account, the first nine chapters, all the way from Adam. It just lists people. All the way from Adam to the, when the Israelites are returning from exile. 
And it goes through all the 12 tribes of Israel. It just goes to every single person and their family and their clan. I mean, it's just list after list after list. The strength of this is this, yes, it could be boring reading those nine chapters, but it also gives us a history of God's work and what he's done. And these are real people who existed. Now, what's what's interesting about this story is right here in the middle of this long chronology, are these two little verses about someone from the tribe of Judah. Judah is an important tribe because Jesus also came from Judah. And Jabez is a gentleman. Now this is the only two verses in all the scripture we know of this man named Jabez. And this is what it says here. It's kind of like a break. We're just boring, boring, boring. And then all of a sudden, here's something interesting. And then we're back to just the chronological list. So here it is. Verse 9. Jabez was more honored than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez and said, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez called out to God, the God of Israel, If only you would bless me, extend my border, let your hand be with me, and keep me from harm, and so that I will not experience pain. And God granted his request. That's it. That's all we know. Old New Testament, that's the only two verses we have about this man named Jabez. We don't even know who his parents were. We just know this is this guy who God chose, interrupted the chronology, is just talk about how this one guy named Jabez, and Jabez means pain. He was born and experienced pain, and it started out really bad for Jabez. Even his name isn't good. He prays this very unusual one-sentence prayer, and then what's really one of the great blessings in scripture is at the latter very end of verse 10 look at this and god granted his request god answered the request now in the year 2000 i was a college student this little book came out 19 years ago someone stole my copy i'm convinced i had to check this out of our church library this week <clears throat> my copy had been a while since i looked at it this little prayer jabez book was, uh, came out in the year 2000, 19 years ago. Ron Wilkes, Wilkinson wrote this there, and uh, probably many of you read it. Uh, it was very popular. The first year, it sold 2 million copies. Since then, it sold 19 million copies. Very, very popular book. And it just ba- basically talks about this prayer, about praying the, uh, praying the j- prayer of Jabez on a daily basis and asking God to answer that prayer in your life. What's powerful about this little book is well the critical thing about this book is folks say well this is um this is the uh a prosperity gospel but the reason why we don't want to agree with that is the book might be prosperity gospel but god put this prayer in the bible for a purpose it's not an accident that these words are here in scripture so if god included and we believe all 66 books of the bible are inspired by the holy spirit are inspired by the lord we believe there's a purpose for this prayer. It's not just that you get a blessing from the Lord. God wants us to know these words. This man named Jabez prayed a prayer, and God answered his prayer. And what's powerful about it is Jabez started out with a lot in life with difficult circumstances. 
Jabez refused to allow pain to define him. He was a man who had no future. That's how this guy started out. Now think about this. This guy was born into a difficult circumstance. Apparently, he had a lot of pain. And we don't know what that means, what, what that looks like, just because these are the only verses. But it was painful for his mother. He came in a worth of pain. So instead of allowing that to define him, he wanted to become a man with a future. He wanted a blessing. The pain of your past comes into your present. That's what happens. Your past, how, well, how you start, Jabez refused to allow that to come into his life. So I want Let's actually look at the prayer right here. Look at this. And pull out your little bu- uh, bulletin, sir, because there's really, there's four parts of the request here that Jabez asked for, and then there's the answer at the very end. Look here. What did Jabez ask from God? How did he redefine his, his life, how he started? He asked God that you would bless me. He asked God, said, God, bless me. You know, I'm born into this pitiful situation here. All, everything is pointed against me. Have you ever maybe been in a community or known some folks and that they are just, seems like they're going to have a challenge, maybe as a child or a teenager, and you can look at them and go, goodness, they're going to have a rough time. Maybe they don't have a good home life. Or maybe they just run wild in the neighborhood. Or maybe they are just born in really extreme poverty. And you look at how much they're just struggling. And you just see their, their future is going to be challenging for them. Well, that's what Jabez was facing here. His name means pain. Maybe he was disabled. We don't know. But he just said, I'm not going to allow this to find me. In fact, I want the Lord to bless me. Number two, he said, extend my border. What that means there to extend my border, that second part of that prayer, verse 10, is he says, expand my influence. You know, don't let me, God, be defined as this one guy who just, well, that was kind of Jabez. He wasn't much. He wanted to have an impact on other people. He wanted to have a life that touches many folks. That's what it means to extend. Number three says, let your hand be with me. He's asking God's hand to bless him. He wants the presence of the Lord. Do you want God's presence in your life? Do you come to church at 9 a.m. saying, God, I want a blessing. Choir, did you wake up this morning and say, I'm excited about singing to the Lord. I'm coming to worship because the Lord's hand has been on me all this week. That's what Jabez is asking for. And the fourth thing he asked for says, keep me from harm. Even though my name means pain, I don't want to live a life that's harmful. God, protect me. Let me, let me live in your shadow, Lord. And then from all these things here, he did said, why am I praying all this, God? So I will not experience pain. That was, his, that was his goal. And God answered that prayer. When I was a, between my sophomore and junior year at Sanford University, 
I was just, I was 19, 20 years old, and I was eager to serve. I had been called into the ministry, and I wanted to do something for the Lord. So we had like, a, where we went to school at, we had this little um, uh, kind of a ministerial office where if you were, this is in 1999, about one year before the book came out. You would go in this office, and it was around April or so, and I was thinking of my summer. I wanted to do something that summer, serve somewhere in a church. And you would go into the office, and this is how you got a job. And you would ask, like, the director of spiritual life, saying, what jobs are available for this summer? I want a summer job. This is before the Internet. In fact, I had to use the Internet. I had to go to the library to log on. I mean, that was just so you checked your email, like, once a week. <coughs> so it was a different day. It was probably a better day back then. But... Um, I would go there, and I found out this church was looking. It was a church that did not have a youth pastor, and they needed someone. They were just having a hard time. It was called First Baptist Church of Largo, Florida. It's in Pinellas County, Florida, which is just north of of, uh, St. Petersburg, right there near Seminole, Florida, uh, not far from Tampa. And I spent the summer down. So once school was out, literally like two days later, I got my car, drove, drove south from Alabama. And I went down there, and I stayed with a deacon at the church whose wife, his wife played the piano. And I stayed there from about third week in May all the way to school start about middle of August. So I was there about three months or so, almost three months. And I was so eager to serve. And I went down there, and they paid me peanuts, literally nothing. And, but it didn't matter because I just I wanted to do something. Nineteen years old, just eager to serve. I was a summer youth pastor. And they really didn't have much of a youth group, but it didn't matter. I was... I was going to save the, save the world. I had that type of, one of those guys, I worked 80 hours a week and w- was bored, needed more stuff to do. Um, did, basically, I did everything for the church is what I did. So what happened was I was there, and there was a gentleman of their stewardship committee, and he was in a wheelchair. And he was probably around 65, 70 years old. And he, he would come to church there, and he, he was in a wheelchair, and every time I saw him, almost every time, the man gave me a $100 bill. He was a generous man. <clears throat> and just very kind. And I was convinced the reason he was slipping me $100 bills because he knew how much or how little money I made. So he felt so, his poor soul took this job. So, but um, one of the ways you make friends is when you pass out $100 bills, People are very friendly to you. You make lots of friends that way. So wherever he sat, it was a church a little bit larger than this one. I kept moving closer and closer to where he stood. So we made sure our paths on Sunday always crossed. He'd always say, Daniel, thank you so much for what you're doing. You know, I, I, uh, I believe in the youth group. I know all the time you're putting into it. Just, just an encourager, a great encourager. Well, this went on several times. He did that throughout the summer. And it was a truly a blessing to me. And I remember it was that second week in August, and it was my last Sunday there. By that point, I was sitting right behind him in church. So wherever he said, I just looked for the gentleman. And I was right there behind him. And, um, and I, I thought, you know, I'm about to drive back home uh, and, and, and get out of here. But I want to make sure I let him know how appreciative I am for how generous he has been to me this summer. So that last Sunday... I spoke to him. I said, sir, I, I just want you to know how appreciative you have been. I've, you've been to me because you've been a blessing. Helped pay for a lot of unex- unexpected expenses. 
you have truly blessed me in this ministry this entire entire summer. Thank you so much. And um, I'll never forget, well, first Benny handed me a $100 bill, and then after that, I'll never forget what that gentleman said. He says, Daniel, I want to tell you why I do that. He says, I was born crippled. He used that word. And I grew up in the Florida Baptist Children's Home. You know, that's what we have for next Sunday for our Sunrise Children's Service. That used to be the Kentucky Baptist Children's Home. <coughs> well, years ago, every state convention has one. Theirs was the Florida Baptist Children's Home. He says, I was raised by foster parents, crippled. And my life, at the beginning, it didn't have a good start. I didn't have a great upbringing. I didn't get the blessings of going in and being in the children's ministry in the youth group. I just went to wherever the foster parents kind of took you to church if they even took you. But I want you to know, God has, this is what he said, God has blessed me, and I want to be a blessing to others. And the way he did that was pass out money. It was a blessing. That's certainly a way you bless folks. But you think about that. This man here, who you would look at and say, you know, he, he didn't start out really well. He had a lot of challenges in his early day growing up in foster care and being raised in a wheelchair. But God took that man, and I don't know what he did. Whatever he did, he was really successful about it because he was generous from it. God blessed this man's career so that when he was 70 years old, he'd come to church and bless other people who were doing ministry with young folks. Guys, that's exactly the same as the prayer of Jabez. Jabez started slow, and he asked God, God, I, don't, I, don't, I might have had a bad start, but I don't want to finish this way. God, do something with my life. Bless me. Help me be a blessing to other folks. <clears throat> Keep your finger here in First Chronicles. Turn over in your Bibles to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 33. I want to see Moses prayed a very similar prayer. This is a powerful statement that Moses is going to make. Moses at this point in Exodus 33, verse 18. Moses went up Mount Sinai, received the Ten Commandments, and he comes down with his Ten Commandments. And in chapter 32, it's revealed that the people, while Moses is gone, they're already breaking the Ten Commandments. They have taken jewelry and made a golden calf with Aaron. And out popped this calf. According to Aaron, it just, it just appeared. And the people were not worshiping the Lord. They were worshiping a golden calf. And Moses is having this incredible experience with God. But working with the Israelites and the people there in the wilderness, in the desert, it was becoming frustrating. The people were complaining. They were griping. And Moses was just like, God, this is ridiculous. We're not getting anywhere with this. I go away. They're worshiping idols. All the people do is gripe and grumble. Our plan doesn't seem to be executing very well. It's just you have this vision and this plan, but it seems like we're having stops and problems, serious problems along the way. And God's frustrated. He's threatening to kill all the people. He says, I'm, I'm done with these folks with how wicked they are. But in Moses' frustration, he asked something of the Lord. And this is a bold request here. 30, Exodus 33, 18. 
Moses is saying, God, how, how do I even know it's you? Like, how do I know great things? How do I know we're going to do these things? Like, this, you're painting this picture, showing me this ending, Lord, of how great things are going to be. But I get back to reality, and these folks are hard. They're difficult. And then look what Moses finally says out to the Lord. Moses says to the Lord, please let me see your glory. He asked that. He said, God, I want to see you. He said, I will cause all my goodness, this is the Lord, to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim the name, the Lord, before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he added, you cannot see my face, for humans cannot see me and live. The Lord said, here is a place near me. You are to stand on the rock, and when my glory passes by, I will put you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away, and you will see my back, but my face will not be seen. God told Moses, Moses wanted more from the Lord. He wanted to see God's glory. He says, Lord, how do I know it's you? I want to see you. Moses is wrestling at this point. We're getting, next chapter we get a new Ten Commandments, round two. But in chapter 33, between the golden calf and breaking the commandments in 32, and 34 getting a new set of Ten Commandments, here we are asking to see the glory of the Lord. This is a bold request from God or to God from Moses. And God is saying, hey, I'll give you a lot. I'll give you compassion. I'll, let, I'll be gracious. I'll even do what you ask for, Moses, but you cannot see my face and live. You will die. And I think what we see from this is in our midst of maybe disappointments or we have Moses experiencing pain in our Jabez moment when we feel like this is not going well. That's when Moses is, this is a Jabez moment for Moses because things aren't going well for him. We've already broken the Ten Commandments. And he says, God, I want to see your glory. I want to see you. I'm tired of all this other stuff. And that's what Jabez is crying out. He's saying, Lord, just, just bless me. Extend my border. I want more. Don't allow this sin, this setback, this junk I have to deal with to define who I am going to be for life. You might have a bad start, but God is saying you can finish well. And that's the story of the Bible. It starts out not very well. We start out with sin, but it finishes with Jesus. We're pointing people to Jesus. Look at your little handout right here. Don't y'all keep this handout this week and really for the weeks to come. Because when we read our Bibles, it talks about different prayers that are prayed. Look here at the bottom here. Will you commit to praying Scripture? When you think about your prayer life. You go and you pray to the Lord. And you say, God, answer this request. God, do this. But would you just one day take your Bible and say, God, I'm just going to pray the words of Scripture. What prayers do I pray? It's 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10. Do you know Hannah? 
had a son. His name was Samuel. And she gave her son to the Lord. And when she gave her son to the Lord, she prayed a prayer. And that's the prayer we see here. David, when he committed sin against, committed adultery with Bathsheba, Psalm 51 is his prayer to the Lord and asking God to forgive him. Do you know Jonah was inside of a fish? Do you know in a fish, what do you do? You pray to the Lord. Jonah chapter 2 is Jonah's prayer. Do you know we started this worship service with the Lord's prayer? That's how this service began. Do you know Jesus, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, that's one of the things that you can't get from a, a magic lamp. You can't raise folks from the dead. But Jesus was able to raise folks from the dead. He went, stood outside Lazarus's grave, and he prayed a one-sentence prayer, and Lazarus came out. Do you know Paul started the Philippian church? He was the founder of it. Do you know he prayed for that church? He regularly went to the Lord, interceding for that church he started. And I want to conclude this this morning. And I want you to say, will you pray scripture? Will you commit today, whether it's the prayer of Jabez or where it's one of these other prayers, and say, I'm going to have a prayer life that involves praying scripture. Do you know one of the best prayers you can ever pray is what we call the sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer is where you cry out to the Lord and you confess to the Lord that you were lost, that you were distant from God, that you need Jesus, what he did on the cross, the forgiveness he offers to save your sins. You come to him in faith and repentance. The sinner's prayer is what saves us. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Have you ever given your life to Jesus? Do you know we are saved by a prayer? We pray and ask Jesus into our life. We pray and God hears our request. We're about to have our invitation. I'm going to invite David Dale to come down. Our time of response. Now, some of you are saved. You've given your life to Jesus. Some of you, though, your prayer life is no longer based on Scripture. And from this message right here, and from what we see with Jabez and Moses and all these other examples, maybe you had a, a rough start, but God, in His mercy, He can bless you and change your ending. Your commitment might not be to get saved and come and receive Jesus your commitment needs to be, God, I need to start praying prayers found in Scripture. I need to start lining up my prayer life with what the Bible says. I want to live a life. We want to be a part of a church that prays a prayer of Jabez. Will you bless me? Will you extend my border? Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm. Why? So I will not experience pain. That is Jabez's prayer. And your prayer says, Lord, now is my time to make a commitment. I'm going to give my life to you, or I'm going to make a commitment to start praying Scripture found in the Bible. God included prayers in Scripture. 
not to show you that old folks many years ago prayed so that you can pray those same prayers. Let's stand together. Now's our time to respond to the Lord. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to make a decision. I'll be standing down front waiting for you to respond. Saturday morning, and our prayer breakfast will also be a prayer walk afterwards at 9.15 of our prayer breakfast at 8 o'clock. It'll be open to anyone because that's also a vacation Bible school decorating day, so it's going to be a big morning. All men and women are invited this coming, and everybody that's part of uh, uh, that ministry is invited at 8 o'clock. Afterwards at 9.15, we'll have our prayer walk, then we'll decorate the sanctuary for, um, uh, for vacation Bible school. So I want to share about that. That's, uh, we have Sunday school that starts in 10 minutes. Is Dave? Explain all uh, that. Indeed. Whether you like to use your offering, if you will, or deacons and ushers at each door, please place your offering there. Also, here it is. Please put that percolating uh, pad in the offering bin as well. And I know like Judy has had meetings with the offertory and praise and prayer. Yes, Pastor. Thank you. 